Good morning, everyone. So as you just heard, my name is uh, Scott, and I am going to be continuing our series of preaches that we've been going through looking at the kingdom of God. We've spent some time looking at how we enter the kingdom, how we look to extend the kingdom. And this morning, I'm picking up the kind of the start of the final section of this series, looking at some of the ways that we can experience the kingdom. We're going to be looking this morning at kingdom identity, getting some right perspectives again about who we are, who we belong to, who we will one day be answerable to, and our confidence we can have in our missional lives in all of that. So, who am I? What is my identity? Who am I? Well, I'm one of the pastors here, employed by the church to oversee various areas of church life pertaining to all things pastoral. I'm English, and I am the husband of B, who leads our kids' work here. I'm the father of three children. I'm a son. Hi, mum and dad. They watch every week. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. I'm a West Ham supporter. Most of you all know that. I'm a badminton player. All part of my identity. As, an, as a part of my identity, I would say I'm a cup half full person. I would also explain myself as an extroverted introvert. Someone said what? <laughs> I'm someone who can extrovert very well, but I like to be on my own. That's without telling you all the different ways I can identify myself internally, that self-monologue that goes on that can be either negative or positive, which I wouldn't want to share with you because I wouldn't want everyone embarrassed or me embarrassed. We identify our way ourselves in so many different ways, don't we? Now, the problem with all those identities are that they're not my chief identity. As I identify with any of those things, they're not actually who I am. I can perform in all of those roles. But I know I will not always perform well. I will mess up in all of them. Where, therefore, does my confidence come from in terms of any sort of significance, acceptance, or purpose? Surely there is something foundational somewhere where I can be firmly rooted in order to know that I am loved and accepted unconditionally, where it's possible to make mistakes and to know that I will be forgiven instead of frowned upon or worse. In the kingdom, we are shown that we have a new identity. When we enter the kingdom, we are told that our, our identity is given to us by God. We become part of his people. We become sons and daughters, children of the living God. That is who we become. That is our primary identity. So I'm going to read the passage of Scripture this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to see what God has to say to us to remind us this morning about our identity we have in the kingdom. So we're looking at uh, Matthew 13, verses 36 through to 43. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. 
Hey there, Max. Good to see you, buddy. Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Father, I want to give thanks to you for your word to us. I want to give thanks that it explains so much about who we are in you. It gives us a deep understanding of who you are and shows us who we are in light of that. And I pray this morning that as I speak the words that you've given me this week, that we would have that understanding, that you would show us again who we are in our place when we think about who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So then, the passage we are in this morning in it is explaining a parable that Jesus has taught slightly before this. It's about a farmer who plants some good seed in his field. While his workers sleep, an enemy comes and plants weeds alongside the good seed. The farmer's workers want to rip the weeds out, but the farmer says, no, we'll wait until harvest so as not to tear up the wheat with the weeds. And Jesus tells the parable to describe again something about the kingdom of heaven. This is something about what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Jesus often does this with parables, as Andy told us about on the third week of this series. He uses parables to explain something about what the kingdom is like. Tukumbo Adiemo says this to remind us what the kingdom refers to. He says, we need to remember that the kingdom of heaven is not primarily about the church, but is God's sovereign rule and reign in the universe, including the church. So we're not just talking about being what is it to be in the church. It's about what is it to be part of his kingdom. What is our kingdom identity? Not church identity, the kingdom identity. And this passage is describing something of what God's rule and reign looks like and who we are in relation to that, which helps us understand our identity. So in the first two verses, we have the scene being set for us. Jesus has been teaching the crowds, and now he comes inside with his disciples, and they once again say to him, can you explain the parable that you've told us? And he starts his explanation by saying, it is the Son of Man who plants the good seed. We're going to see that the good seed are the people, the children, the sons and daughters of the living God, the king, children of the kingdom. But he starts with the Son of Man. And that term, many of us in the room will know, is, that, is a term that Jesus used of himself. It was a, a messianic title used in Daniel, speaking of the one like the Son of Man who was coming. And what was he coming to do? He was coming to inherit the everlasting kingdom. 
And when Jesus walked on the earth, he called himself the Son of Man, saying, this is me, I'm here to inherit the everlasting kingdom. This is who I am. When we consider our identity, we need to consider that Jesus is the Son of Man. He used this title referring to himself a lot. And in this instance, he says that he is the one who plants the good seed. He is responsible. He is the farmer in the story. He is the cultivator of the kingdom. He's the farmer, the son of man. He is the one who scatters the seed. When we consider our identity, it starts by remembering there is one greater than us. We are not the center of our universe. Jesus is the center of our universe. All other identities, all those things I went through before, put me at the center. But kingdom identity puts the farmer, puts the planter, puts the son of man, Jesus, at the center of who we are. We find our identity not in ourselves or in something that we do, but we find it in him, the one who plants the good seed. If we are following him... We know that he has chosen us, has planted us, and says, we are good seed. That's what he speaks over us. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one that looks upon us and he says, these are good seed. Just think upon that for a moment. Think upon all, think upon all your, your self-talk. I don't know about you, but I can so often think, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not attractive enough. I, I'm not smart enough. Jesus says, hey guys, you're good seed. The Son of Man proclaims something different over us. Are we going to listen? So it starts, thinking about our identity starts with who who gives us the identity. It's based in him. In verses 39 to 40, he goes on to explain more. He says, the field is the world. Now, when when I travel down to Devon to visit my parents, we drive past acres of rolling fields. Each one in and of itself is vast. We've seen tractors plow in those fields, and it takes a fair while for them to trundle through to one end, turn themselves around, and then trundle back again and continue to do that. In this parable, Jesus says his field that he plants in is the world. Not a few acres of fields plowed by a tractor, but 195 countries spread across seven continents. That's the magnitude of who the Son of Man is. That is who Jesus is. Our identity as sons of the kingdom and daughters of the kingdom is as part of a worldwide family. Our identity lies in so much bigger than ourselves, our immediate circumstances, or even the nations that we were born in. Our kingdom identity is based in a worldwide thing. It's massive. 
I've traveled to Uganda and Zimbabwe and I go to Croatia. And then I, when I've gone to those places, I've gone as a son of the kingdom. And so when I meet others who identify the same way as sons and daughters of the kingdom, I have immediate connection across language and across cultural difference. I am received as a brother. It's incredible. I may only live... We may only live in a small corner of his field. But we can raise our spiritual eyes and we can see the breadth of the worldwide church. And thank God that the mission is not resting on our shoulders as individuals or indeed as a church. But it's vast and it's broad and it's long and that includes being in the town of Reading. We're going to join with our brothers and sisters next Sunday evening at the Globe Church with some of the churches in Reading and we're going to celebrate Jesus together and we will see something of the breadth and the length of of his, uh, his kingdom in this town. We are not on a mission individually alone but we are connected to something so much bigger. Amen? The good seed is us, the children of the living God. If we are following after Jesus, we are the good seed. When we become Christians, when we give our lives as best we can to following after Christ, it's not enough to sit back and just enjoy the fact. It says we have been planted, each one of us, here in this place, at this time, for a purpose. For some of us, he may move or uproot us and replant us somewhere else from one part of the field to another. That's his prerogative to do that. But the purpose remains the same wherever we find ourselves. That purpose is to display the kingdom of God to the people in our spheres of influence. To show his grace, to show his love, to show his mercy. doesn't change. When we understand our identity... To be that of the kingdom, it helps us to see that there is a spiritual reality to the world that we live in. Jesus here says that if you've been planted, you've been planted as good seed, it's by him. If you've been planted as weeds, it's by the evil one. He's referring to a spiritual dimension that we don't see physically, but we know is raging. Jesus is clear here. It's either you're a good seed... To become wheat or you're a weed that's been planted. There is no middle ground. It's so uncomfortable, isn't it, to hear that. We live in a culture, we live in the West where it says no kind of, there's lots of middle ground because I choose my own truth. I choose my own way of identifying. I choose how I am. But Jesus says, no, there's either this way or, or there's this way. There's only two ways. Good seed or weed? We find it uncomfortable to talk about the devil. We talk uncomfortable to talk about there being only two ways. But as people of the kingdom, it's part of our identity. It's part of our reality. We have to learn to live with, communicate with, and love those who don't share our identity. We don't have the option of withdrawing and polarizing ourselves. We get stuck in and we bring the kingdom of God wherever we find ourselves. In the actual parable, we hear that the farmer's workers wanted to go out and pull up all the weeds. I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments if you're a Christian. It'd be so much easier if. 
the farmers' workers were wanting to take up, uh, they, they saw that the, the weeds were taking up all the nutrients, were suffocating the seedlings, were overshadowing the wheat and the growth. But the farmer says, no, no, don't do that. Because you may pull up the wheat with the weeds. He insists that they should both grow together until it's time for the harvest and then the sorting will happen. Part of our kingdom identity is knowing that we are not uprooted from this world, but are planted in the midst of it. The good and the bad. We will be influenced by people who are not following Jesus and those who are. We will be hurt by people who are not following Jesus and by those who are. We will be frustrated and disappointed with people who are not following Jesus and by those who are. We will rejoice with people who are not following Jesus and with those who are. In all of it, the call of the Bible is always on the people of God and how we choose to live in the part of the field he has set us in. And when we look on the call on our lives in the New Testament, we know that we are called to consider others better than ourselves. We know that we are to choose love. We know that we don't get to escape the good or the bad of this life, but we get to live it out in relationship with Jesus and one another and with those around us. I think there's also something in this passage that shows us something of the patience of our God in heaven and the mercy of our God in heaven. That he's not willing to rip up the weeds, but rather waits and gives them an opportunity for our influence to take a bearing. That there may be a chance for those weeds to become seeds, to become wheat. Hallelujah. We can see from the passage that our job is not to try to work out who is who. Who's seed? Who's, Who's wheat? Who's weed? I don't know. I've got to try and work this out myself. No, you haven't. That's not our job. Ours is just to take our place and represent him. Giving the reason for the hope that we have whenever the opportunity arises as witnesses to Jesus. That work of working out who's who gets done on the day of judgment. And it says here, by the angels. And this is where we get to in verse 40, the final harvest. The great gathering in of God's people will eventually happen on the day that Jesus returns. The angels will gather everyone and will have the unenviable task of sorting the weeds from the good seed. It's a sobering thought for all of us here. Whether we call ourselves Christians or whether we wouldn't. You see, the truth is, I cannot assure anyone of their salvation. Because that's between God and them. As you look at me, you can look at me and in my confession of my faith. The fact that I've been baptized, you can hopefully look at the fruit of the Spirit growing in my life, the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control that's being worked out. You can see by the way I live my life with my family, within church life, within the world. We can have some idea. By their fruit they will be known, Paul says. You can have some idea, but actually only God knows my heart. Only God knows if it's truly bowed as best as I possibly can at this moment in time towards his son, Jesus Christ. Now I say that not to make anyone unsure, actually quite the opposite. Because God is not looking for us to be perfect. 
He's not looking for us to have it all sewn up and tied up and sorted out. He has grace for us. And he knows if we've truly turned to Jesus, if we've made that confession of faith, and so, so do we. And so we can be as sure of that as we can be as sure as anything in our lives. I'm just saying, I can't tell you you are. It's between you and God. Because the truth is, we all have moments, don't we, when we feel like I'm not following him well. And those feelings are there to arrest our attention and turn us back to him. They're not there to condemn us. All of us here this morning will know if we are truly following Jesus or not. If you're, not, if you're in the not yet category, today is a day where you can turn to him and know him, whether in the room or online. Today's a day you can turn to him. You can know your identity in him. Verse 40 says that all of the weeds are burnt up and so it will be at the end of the world. And verse 41 and 42 goes on to explain that the angels were removed from his kingdom. Everything that causes sin and all who do evil and will throw them in the fiery furnace. Again, a humbling, sobering thought. As sons and daughters of the kingdom, we carry this in our identity because this is what Jesus has said. As sons and daughters of the kingdom, we must take seriously the missional call of being ambassadors of the kingdom. It's not enough to sit on our plot of land and let others around us who are currently weeds not have the opportunity to see or hear through you that there is an alternative. I've had people in my life telling me about Jesus for as long as I can remember, even back in the day when I was... Uh, a young lad that stood at primary school. I remember a girl in my class sitting on the swings on our local wreck telling me that Jesus was coming again one day. I didn't have a clue what she was talking about. But I remember it. I remember her telling me. I've had people all my life telling me something about Jesus. It took me until I was 23 to see him for myself on an alpha course and through two specific people, B, my now wife, and Tim Rook, who is a member of the church here. And my life was completely and radically transformed. What happens on that final day for me was settled. But more than that, I got planted as a child of the kingdom and was now able to bring God's kingdom to bear. To be part of this church family who for the last 22 years has been doing its best to have a gospel witness here in the south of Reading where God has placed us. God has placed us. The Son of Man has planted us for a time such as this. If not now, then when? If not now, then when? And I know that one day, as verse 43 says, that the righteous, that's the good seed, will shine like the sun in our Father's kingdom. That's coming, friends. There is a day coming when we will no longer live side by side with evil physically in the world, or even maybe internally in our own heart at times. But we will live in perfect harmony with no sin, no shame, no doubt, no tears, no pain, no sorrow. And we will shine because we will be in the very presence of the farmer, the son of man, the king, God himself, our Jesus. 
As he shines, we will reflect his glory. As we too will be glorified. It's our motivation to keep going. It's our motivation to not just sit on our plot of land. But to be representatives of his kingdom. Ambassadors of his kingdom wherever we might find ourselves. Whether it's in one of the projects that we're part of as our church. Or whether it's feeding people. Or having fellowship with people on our streets. We've got our uh, November fireworks party we didn't do it last night we've got it in two weeks time on the 18th it's just part of us living on our plot of land saying hey the kingdom is near the kingdom is near we'll set up some fireworks we'll set them off we'll have barbecue food which i'll make sure is cooked well so it doesn't make anyone ill but it's about us putting our saying that this is who we are we're going to gather people in we're going to love we're going to show something of the grace and mercy of our lord jesus christ This morning, if you're following Jesus, your primary identity is as a child of God. Planted in this world by the Son of Man, Jesus. That has a deep and at times challenging call on our lives, but also a glorious ending as we will take our place in the new heavens and the new earth. Yay! If you're not yet following Jesus, then now is your chance. In a few moments' time, we're all going to stand. I'm I'm doing Freedom in Christ again at the moment, going through it again with a group of people. Um, Joe and Paul Thompson are doing a great job of leading the course. And, And on that course, we get some statements that just remind us who we are in Christ. So we're going to stand in a moment. We're going to read through those I am statements that are there in that course. The I am statements are not to look at ourselves and go, oh, look at me, I'm so great. It's to remind us that the Son of Man has planted us as good seed. And as good seed, these are now the the statements that refer to who we are. Not the self-talk that we maybe go through or the stuff of our past. But this is what the Bible now says about us. And so that's why we're going to go through it with with the view of the Son of Man has planted us. So we're going to do that. We're going to stand together. We're going to say these statements. If you are not yet following Jesus, but you know this morning is your morning, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. I'm just going to say, read the statements with us. And if then you read the statements for the first time this morning, it would be great to have a conversation with you at the end. So here they come. They're up there already. I've got them down here. So I'll set the cadence so we know where we're going. All right. So those of you who want to run away and read fast, slow down. There's some people who read slower. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that all things work together for good. I am free from my condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. I can find grace and mercy to help in time of need. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. 
I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I am a branch of the true vine, Jesus, and a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed by God to bear fruit. I am a personal, spirit-empowered witness of Christ's. I am a temple of God. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship created for good works. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. And I am one spirit with him. I have been bought with a price. And I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? <laughs> Friends, our identity is not found in ourselves. It is found in Jesus. It is found in what he says about us. It is found in our partnering with him in this mission that we find ourselves on. It is found in partnering with one another as a church family as we're on this mission together. So Father, I want to pray for us that we will be clear as a church as to our identity in you. Father, I want to pray for each one of us as individuals that we would have clarity about who we are and where we stand against the backdrop of who you are. That we wouldn't consider ourselves to be the center of our orbit or our children or our jobs or our place in this world. But we would think about you being the center of our orbit and we would have our lives lived around the reality of who you are. Father, I pray for each one of us now that your Holy Spirit would come upon each one of us again afresh. That these statements that we have read wouldn't just be statements that get blithely forgotten, but one or two of those will stick in the minds of the people here today and that we would go away from here confident in who we are as our kingdom identity shows us. 